Kate. Hey, Kara. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing well. We had a nice spring day today, and I'm starting to feel like we might survive this winter. <laughs> oh, hope. Hope springs eternal. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, how are you guys doing there? We are good. We tried a farm school today, and my kids really enjoyed it, so I oh, like new, new awesome. exciting things. <gasps> and I got to see goats, which makes me happy. I love that. We did that for a couple of years here, and it's so much fun. So I would like fun. to do it myself. I asked them if I could just like squat down and pretend. <laughs> they were like, no, mom, you need to leave. <laughs> well, that's good, Can though. You guys drop me off and leave me at the <laughs> They're getting an independent experience and you got an omelet, right? So I did. I got a really, really good omelet and delicious coffee. Well, there you oat, go. With oat milk. <gasps> Oh, like one of those places that everything was made there and it was just so good and warm and cozy. It was totally Huga. That's awesome. Yay. It was kind of perfect. So you've found a new place to hang out. I did. Very cool. Yeah. Okay. So before we get started, we have a quick favor to ask our sisters out there. Yes, Um, we do. Everyone has been so nice about uh, putting up iTunes reviews and ratings for us because that helps us connect with more sisters. But we recently found out that the podcast powers that be the fancy, I don't even know who's in charge of podcasts, the podcast gods. Yes. Whoever it is that oversees podcasts, they love to see downloads. So if Who knew? you, yeah, <laughs> It's only been two and a half years we've been doing this, and we just found out. We we only have a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so we wanted to ask our sisters, if you are somebody who streams our podcast, um, if you wouldn't mind downloading it, it helps us a whole bunch. It helps us connect with um, more sisters and find more sisters out there. So this is a little tricky, and I'm not even going to try to explain it. Instead, what I'm going to say is if you Google... Um, your podcast app and, you know, how to download, um, or if you check your settings and then you can also set your, um, podcast settings up so that it will only download when you're on Wi-Fi, So it doesn't eat up all your data. Oh, smart. In case, in case anybody out there is worried about that, but if you're up for it, it would help us a ton and we would appreciate it. Thank you, sisters. Thank you, sisters. And thank you for all your nice reviews lately. And now we have a question, right? We do. Our question is from Kelsey, and Kelsey writes, Hi, Kate and Kara. I'm a newbie home educator with an energetic almost six-year-old, a super wannabe independent almost three-year-old, and a happy four-month-old. I've listened to your podcast on getting started and pulled up various blogs to help relax into this adventure. Thank you, thank you, thank you for providing encouragement for me. However, I did have two questions I would like to ask. The first one is, what should I do if playing is hard for me? I had to grow up really fast as a child, and now, with my children, I struggle with being able to play. I am tempted to use all their playtime to do household chores, etc. Any advice? 
And question two is, in light of the Game Schooling podcast, what can be done if I am an avid reader who struggles with playing, while my husband is an avid gamer of all kinds, video, phone games, board games, etc.? How can I encourage my youngsters to read, listen to reading, more than begging my husband for the electronics as soon as he walks through the door? Thank you for any advice you may have as I start out on this thrilling, scary journey. Oh, that's a good one from Kelsey. Thank you, Kelsey. So let me ask you this. Were you good at playing? Are you good at playing? Uh, I am good at playing board games. I love to watch my children play and eavesdrop on playing. But the imaginative, repetitive games, I was not good at. (laughs) No, and I was a nanny for many, many years, and I wasn't good at it then either, even though I was a really good nanny. I wonder if a lot of adults are good at playing, because I'm, I'm terrible at playing. And I remember one time watching my nephew for a short time and playing with him, and it was like I could do it because I knew that there was like a solid stop. A time. Yes. <laughs> But with my own kids, it kind of felt just endless. And like, I mean, Kelsey's absolutely right. It's so hard not to be like, I could be doing the dishes right now. Um, Let me get up. Especially when they're telling you like the scripted play. I know it's so important, (laughs) but I used to always, I'm good at being like random and goofy because we had these uh, plastic animals and they'd want me to like do certain things. And we have Pepe Le Pew. Do you remember him? Yes. Yeah. And I would have Pepe like infiltrate whatever <laughs> for my own enjoyment. They'd be like, mom, no, that's not what we're doing right now. Put Pepe away. And I'm like, I'm so bored. <laughs> but I could drink coffee and like, I love when my kids are lost in play and I'm listening to it. I just don't want to do, I'm not, I think you lose that. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, I, I think maybe you do too. And I think it's really important because for a really long time I beat myself up about that because I have this aunt who like had a ton of kids and she just she was like, just get down on the floor and play with them all the time. And I was like, How how do you how do you do that? <laughs> like it, it's just it's I don't know. It, it, I, I would get distracted. I would get antsy. I would get, it just was not something that I enjoyed doing. And I beat myself up about it a lot. And I felt like I should be good at this. And good moms get down on the floor and play with their kids. And I don't think that's true because most of the moms I know don't enjoy. <laughs> I think there could play. be aspects. Like I like building. I could build something cool. But yeah, as long as it's not like for me, as long as it's not Lego, because I can't follow diagrams. At I all. can't follow diagrams either. <laughs> but like Playmobil, but you know, like, with all uh, the little dominoes, pieces or and planks or like unit yeah. blocks, even magnet tiles. I like stuff like that. Yeah, I like doing kits, like snap circuits. But I feel like her kids are younger, so the play gets more intellectually engaging. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. With how how much food. um how much play food have you eaten in your life? Oh my gosh, I <laughs> ate some this morning. <laughs> that was always a big one too, where my kids would like we always had like a little kitchen and tons of like Melissa and Doug 
food sets. And so they would like bring me food and I'm like pretending to eat. And I'm like, okay, I can do this. I can pretend to eat. I'm good at pretending to eat. I want more sushi. Yeah. (laughs) Not not that orange. That orange was like a grenade. Right. The orange. Melissa and Doug. Had to be culled from the play set along with the tomato for a while with my son. Because anything that was round. And we had this (laughs) huge picture window in our house that had this beautiful stained glass above it. And I'm like, that stained glass, you're never going to replace it. And he would like toss these things that weighed. It was like a, um, what is that? Bocce. Croquet. Yeah, <laughs> either one. <laughs> either one. Either one of those. It was like having an indoor croquet set or something. So, yeah. My, hu- my husband was like, why is the floor so dented in here in the playroom? And <laughs> Melissa and Doug. <laughs> Have you seen that meme that's like, where, where are Melissa and Doug at the end of the day to help me clean up all these toys? <laughs> Although they had those nice trays. Like, I saved all those trays that all the Melissa and Doug stuff came in. I do. Those trays are awesome. Yeah, I I love their toys. They have very good toys, but the, yeah, the orange and the tomato could not be part of our life for about two years. (laughs) (laughs) So I had it in the cabinet above our refrigerator, and we found it. Like, the kids had long outgrown the orange, and I was like, oh. <laughs> I remember this. It's like this perfect pristine orange, and meanwhile, the bananas like dented and it, so chunks out of it. Other, yeah, it's a bananas <laughs> like tricolored, dense chunks. Totally, we still have that. So, for a long time, like I said, I beat myself up, and then I sort of had this mindset shift where I was like, okay, the thing is, there were a lot of other things we did that we did, like, that I felt good about and that I enjoyed doing with my kids. And I wish that then, when I was feeling guilty, that I would have thought about those things differently, you know? Like, yeah, I, I loved cooking with my kids, even when they were, like, really small. And we did that a lot. Like, mm-hmm. a lot of baking and a lot of things like that. And I enjoyed that. And it was... It was fun for us and it was educational and hands-on and, you know, we would connect over it. And so, I mean, things like that we did instead. Um, we did like a lot of projects and art. We did too. And that I could do forever. I could still do kid art. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I felt like um, it was kind of like early strewing before I had heard that word. Like even if it was just going to Michael's and getting like a little glue all the little foam pieces together, a craft, sticky craft or something like that. You know, I would put that out for like after nap time and it would be like, wow, you know, and we do things like that. Um, and I liked stuff like that. And I was, you know, I just, I think we're so quick to see our weaknesses and we're not so quick to see our strengths and what we do well. And I mean, the things that we enjoy those are and this mom's a reader, like yeah. she's an avid reader, so she's rocking reading, I'm sure. <laughs> right, totally. And and reading is so huge. And I mean, the studies and like we don't have to go on and on about all the, you know, benefits of reading. If you read um The Read Aloud Family by Sarah McKenzie, you know, like the whole first third of that book is basically about how incredible it is to read to our kids and how transformative and like impactful reading is. So, I mean, reading 
if you're just reading with your kids every single day, that is gigantic in terms of both like, yeah, parenting and homeschooling. So like pat yourself on the back for that. (laughs) Don't discount that. You know what I mean? Like, I think a lot of us are like, well, you're supposed Mm -hmm. to read to your kids, but no, that's a big deal. That's a really big deal. It's the most important thing. And really, yeah. Yeah. And games, you talked about games. I liked playing Mm -hmm. games with my kids. And I think part of what I liked about games. Although not the little, some of the little ones, like Candyland, I loved as a kid. <laughs> but with my kids, I was like, stop, like, can we just be done? <laughs> I didn't mind like Hi Ho Cherio and Candyland and Chutes and Ladders and stuff. I didn't mind that. But I think part of it for me was that I knew there was like a clear ending yep. to it. And part of Chutes what. Chutes and Ladder, if you get that long slide, <laughs> like that caused so many tears. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Sorry. No, actually you miscounted. You're right here. Right. Right. Yeah. Sorry is like the meanest game ever. It's fun about three times to play with older kids, Mm -hmm. but with little kids, it's like, why would anybody, this is not, yeah, (laughs) Yeah. it's a recipe for tears. Like why? There's so many other good games for littles and then playing Mm -hmm. with them now, like the play you put in then, even if it's Candyland and you want to tear your hair out, it's so good now Right. that you did. You have to keep your eye on the prize. Yeah, Yeah. totally. Totally. If If you're a gamer, which this mom is not, and that is also okay. I get a lot of people telling me that they don't like to play games. Have your kids play games or if her husband's a gamer, that's awesome. Yeah. And you have all kinds of, um, one player games mm-hmm. over at your site. If you're, if kids want, um, you know, to be able to play games on their own, you've got a list, right. Of yep. Yep. one player games. There's games that your kids can play together when they get a little bit cooperative older. Games. Mm-hmm. Um, some of our favorites, we, we played a lot of cooperative games when the kids were little because of what you're talking about. Oh yes. They're good for ultra competitive kids and also kids who, um, are non-competitive. Yes. Yes. It helps both ends of that spectrum. We, we played a lot. Yeah. We loved, um, Max. Did you ever play that with the cat? No, you've mentioned that, that, um, game company we had never actually, I always wished we could cha- trade our, your Max with my peaceable kingdoms. Cause I had a bunch of those oh, and yeah. the Ibu has a few that were really good. Yeah. Oh, we loved those. Max and Harvest Time were a couple that I remember really well. And, you know, it's, you're all working together toward an end goal. And there's something about that, that just, it it helps a lot. I think, you know, if you have kids that are kind of, (laughs) if you're having boards, (laughs) yeah. If you're having like a rough patch too, like where the siblings are kind of like, you know, clashing, you know, you play a game together where you all have a shared goal and it, it helps. This episode is brought to you by Curiosity Stream, a subscription streaming service that offers over 2,000 documentaries and nonfiction titles from some of the world's best filmmakers, including exclusive originals. Get unlimited access starting at just $2.99 a month. And for our audience, the first 30 days are completely free if you sign up at curiositystream.com homeschool and use the promo code homeschool during the signup process. And Kate, I know this is one of your very favorite resources in your homeschool. What are you guys enjoying lately on Curiosity Stream? Oh my goodness. This is my favorite, like my probably most recommended resource because I feel like for the 
price of a cup of coffee, you have unlimited educational programming for the month. But we, we are very nature heavy right now with our curiosity stream. And we've been watching all the nature shows. We actually, um, created an entire winter, like sort of a lazy-ish, cozy winter science homeschool using uh, Curiosity Stream. So we pair a book with Curiosity Stream, and then it's an animal book, and then we search for the animal and watch an episode on whatever animal we're studying that day. And it's been such a fun rabbit hole. Oh, I love that. And for animal lovers, Curiosity Stream is such a good resource because you can. You just pop in and put in that animal and there's, there's something endless animals. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you have animal lovers, we, um, there is a great show called wild Galapagos and it's with Mike Rowe and we love that one. And then, um, another one that we've been loving is the David Ettenborough. He has a few on there, but there's ant mountain, which I think we've seen three times. <laughs> we know all about <laughs> ants. There's some that are just favorites for us that we watch over and over. And then we love all of the dinosaur ones. So there's walking with dinosaurs and walking with beasts, um, ice age giants, Curious Minds Dinosaurs. So those are all big favorites too. Well, and I'm really excited that we get to share this announcement that Curiosity Stream is going to be adding a bunch of new stuff for kids um, in middle school and high school ages. And that's the age range of my kids. So um, they're acquiring a series called Innovation Nation and they're getting ready to expand their kids' content really drastically in the spring. So there's going to be even more to enjoy on Curiosity Stream. Decisions, decisions. There's so many good choices. <laughs> so go to curiositystream.com slash homeschool for unlimited access to the world's top documentaries and nonfiction series. And for our listeners, enter the promo code homeschool when prompted during the signup process and your membership is completely free for the first 30 days. We talk a lot on the podcast about following our kids' passions, and I think that that can be huge, just engaging in in other things that they're excited about. And it's okay for, I mean, she said that dad is really into gaming. It's okay to have that just be dad's thing that they get home and do. We have um, my kids ski. I didn't grow up skiing. I wish I had, but I I don't. And I tried it when we were dating. And I think I talked about it in a previous episode a while ago, but I, I hate it. (laughs) I had to tell him this is not going to be our thing that we do together. Like, I just don't like it, (laughs) but I wanted our kids to do it. So it's something they do. And it's really special that it's their sacred thing that they do with dad and they know I'm not going to be there. And I love that they have that. Yeah. Well, I mean, two things, first of all, I think it's really important that we don't try to push ourselves to be somebody that we're not mm-hmm. because I think there's a lot of misery to be found there, you know, instead do the things that you do well and that you can enjoy with your kids. And then two, we actually had a question at the kindred conference a couple of weeks ago about how to get dad to connect with kids. Right. And one of the things I thought of, and I, I didn't say it at the time, but is that we have to accept the ways that dad wants to connect. And so like if somebody told us that the only way to connect with our kids is to get down on the floor and play with them, and that's something we struggle with, 
I mean, imagine how that would go. So if we're telling dad, like, you have to do it this way or you have to do it that way, like, if his way to connect with his kids is through gaming, that's awesome. Because Amazing. he's figured out what it is and he knows how he can do it. And it it sounds like they actually have, like, complementary strengths, which is really mm-hmm. good because mm-hmm. she can read to them and, you know, um, that can be her thing. And then the games can be, you know, his thing because, like... One of the things that my kids and my husband have connected over is something I do not love. (laughs) (laughs) And in fact, when my husband had an interest in it years and years ago, I was kind of like, do you have to like have that be something that you do? Because he likes professional wrestling, like where they're hitting each other with chairs and all that kind of stuff. (laughs) And I was like trying to raise these little like Waldorfy hippie kids where I'm like, everyone (laughs) loves everyone and there's no violence and rainbows right and he was watching people like you know um and so <laughs> hit each other with chairs right but then eventually when my kids got older and it wasn't quite so like <laughs> their their view of the world was a little bit shaped like that wasn't like the first thing we exposed them to you know And they have a blast and they go to these live events and they come home and they're all hoarse from screaming and laughing and having so much fun. And he started like for years and years and years, I would get so stressed out at Christmas time because I would be like, what do I buy the kids? What do I buy the kids? And like, because he connected with them about like this and some other things that are his things, like he has ideas for Christmas presents and they have this whole... So it's kind of like what Julie Bogart said in her book where it's like, you know, in order for us to like, for our kids to embrace their passions, we can't discount their passions when they come up. You know, we can't be like, oh, we didn't want you to be passionate about that. You know, we have to like (laughs) accept it and be like, okay, you're super into gaming. That's okay. She had a kid like that, you know, Julie had a kid that was super into gaming, online gaming and um, computer gaming and stuff. And so, I mean, that's such good advice for like, when we see our partner doing that, like if that person is into something, like we can't be like, no, 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 don't share that with the kids. I mean, unless it's obviously like dangerous or (laughs) (laughs) like if dad's a firefighter, like don't take your daughter to work. But you know what I mean? (laughs) Like in general, you know, we can't judge what dad wants to, because that's his thing. And you connect over your things, you know, what's like important to you and what you love and enjoy. So I actually think it's really good. And to play games after work at night, like, that doesn't I love that. Anything. That's like. Yeah. I mean, I know parents worry about screen time and stuff, but I think we have, we have a great episode with Mary Wilson we, where she talks about that. So we'll link to that in the show notes. And you can, you don't, my husband doesn't really like games that much. He doesn't play with us that often and it's fine. My kids are gamers and I, I don't care that he doesn't, I don't want him to play something that he's not going to enjoy. So right, right. I think it's fine. It's just like, and he knows I'm not going to come skiing. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. going to be home reading my book. <laughs> well, and speaking of like screens and stuff, like we watched TV when my kids were little, like not at first because I was super Waldorfy and we put our TV in the closet and yada, yada, yada. But then once we pulled it back out, you know, we would watch TV together and we would laugh and we would watch movies together. And we, so I mean, there's, there's all kinds of things that if you don't love playing, you can still do with your kids. You can still bond with them. Like we still make jokes about like 
like little references to like the Wonder Pets and Curious George and all these like sweet TV shows that we watched. My son today, just today, he was like, remember we used to have to get Blue's Clues videos from the library because we didn't have cable, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Steve. (laughs) So, I mean, but that was a big thing. We'd go to the library and we'd get a couple of videos and we'd come back and we'd like you know, get a really delicious snack and a big bowl of popcorn or something. And we'd watch these videos. And I mean, that got me through some afternoons when I was sort of not sure how I was going to make it through, you know, long winter afternoons. You can't go outside. Mm-hmm. It's dark already at like three thirty. you know, <laughs> thank goodness for Blue's I'm Clues. Just, I'm thinking of ours <laughs> and we, my son was afraid of cartoons, so we couldn't watch any of that. We were watching videos of Humboldt squids. <laughs> We bonded over the Humboldt squid and the cuttlefish. <laughs> but that's the thing. I mean, because that's what he yeah, was interested in. But we do. Yeah. Lemur. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, it's okay. It's okay if playing is hard. It really is. Um, you have to do you. Yeah. Totally. And the other thing is you can play occasionally poorly. <laughs> like you were talking about with... Um, you know, the kids would get mad about Pepe Le Pew. Like, I mean, sometimes... And also, if you connect with them for like, and I know this sounds terrible, but if you connect with them for five or ten minutes and you're present for that time and all in it, they're going to remember that like, they, that's all they need. And then you can kind of wander off and do the laundry and they can kind of work it out together with Pepe and the gang. Yeah. Sometimes, that's true. Sometimes it's about setting them up. Mm-hmm. with something so that you can step away and get to church or whatever. So it's kind of like getting them going and then being like, okay, I'm going to be back in a little bit. And you, maybe you don't announce it. Maybe you just. Yeah, no, you sneak out. <laughs> <laughs> I've done it before. I think about um, my kids either play very well together or like they're on in a pig pile, like tearing their hair out. It's like one or the other. But when I was pregnant with my third, I was so sick. And the only way I would feel okay was to lay flat on the playroom floor so I could read a book. Um, and I just remember like my arms would lose circulation. So I'd have to like switch arms, but I couldn't play. I could only read books and they, I swear they learned to play because I was there, but not, I wasn't doing anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I do know there's, there's kind of different schools of thought about it. Like there's parents that say like, you really should play with your kids. And then I actually have known some parents that are like, that's not, that's not my thing. Like they play and that's not really my, they're they're kind of parents, um, I know a couple who are very like Montessori in nature where they're like, we're doing, we do life together. I don't, I don't, you know, do play. So. And if they're playing and you're, um, doing, you're reading your book because you're an avid reader, you are modeling reading for them. Right. Right. And that's important too. That's one of the things that Mm -hmm. they say you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. Yeah. So read that book with your coffee. Totally. (laughs) While they play with Pepe. Yeah. And, you know, just don't focus on the stuff that you're not doing well. Like focus on the things you are doing well. And a lot of times what your kids want, they they maybe don't necessarily want you to play with them. They want you to be with them. They want you to look at them. They want you to, I mean, you can fold laundry together. 
Right. You know, and that's, that's fun for kids. Like you can do all kinds of things together and it all counts and it doesn't have to be, you know, getting on the floor and playing. So, yeah. And when is the laundry going to get done anyway? You got to, you have to make time to do that stuff that's weighing on your mind or you're going to drive yourself crazy. That's very true. You don't want to fall into bed like a puddle of mush every single night and wake up and feel like I have to do this again. Like, (laughs) yeah, you need to make time to do some of the things that you need to do as an adult too, you know? Okay. So we will have links to everything we talked about today over at the show notes at thehomeschoolsisters.com. And we'll be back next week with a brand new episode. It was good talking with you today, Kate. Always good to talk to you, Kara. Okay. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Thanks for hanging out with us today. We'd love to answer your question next, so head to our site, thehomeschoolsisters.com, and click on Ask Us a Question. We share posts over there, too, and you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. We'd also love it if you'd leave us a review on iTunes so we can connect with more sisters out there. And until next time, remember, you've got this, sister.